you have to view it as a business. You have to view it from an employee's perspective. For you, as a boss, this is your passion project. You know, so you feel like I've got to make this work. But for an employee, you're the one who's given them a contract, and they're expecting you to pay them every month. Their passion is is a different relationship there. So you have to manage that, and that's where we come in as HR professionals. Is we help you understand that relationship. And if you want your employees to be as passionate about your vision or your company, then that needs to be an education process in there as well. Hello and welcome back to the Kayla Limber podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand and style expert on a personal mission to inspire a minimum of five people daily to take action. I just want you to hear something and know that it resonates and helps you show up as the better version of you. And for those that have heard something on one of the podcasts from one of our amazing guests that have said, this really resonated with me or I did this differently, keep telling me. Tag me in your Insta stories, drop me a DM or just leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps. So in today's episode, we have sisters Desma and Arona D'Souza, who are passionate about making HR simple and accessible. Now, I've been working with these fabulous ladies for the past six months, and I've actually learned a lot about HR whilst working through their personal brand. They are a boutique HR agency, and their aim is all about maximizing business profitability for clients. And what I think is really interesting in this episode, we debunk myths around the HR space ideas like you don't need to consider an HR process until you've got a big team or hiring HR can be costly when actually the truth is it's much more expensive to fix a mistake than actually prevent it from happening. So if you are a small business then I think you're going to love this episode even if you're just you in business but you're thinking at some point you might want to hire an employee there's so much value. Let's get into this episode. Welcome to the show, Desma Elrona. It's great to have you. And a topic that I have to say I'm not super familiar with, but over the past few months of us working together, HR and all the services under HR, because it's quite a vast area, has become, I don't know, just really an interesting conversation, which is why I wanted you to join the Kelly Lumber podcast today. So thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. This is very exciting. Yeah, we're and excited. Maybe, maybe just give everyone a little bit of a backstory then. So we're working together. We've been working on sort of developing business and personal brand, but we met a number of years ago and it's nice how it's kind of come full circle a few years later and to see, you know, you've set up business just pre-COVID and within that time, you've won a business award already. Three, Three, Three business awards. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you tell the listeners what it is that you actually do and, you know, what kind of comes under your services? And then I have got a number of questions for you. Sure. Um, I'll get started. So I've been in HR myself for about 15 years and uh, Elona and myself are sisters for those of you who don't know. So it's not just the last name that we have in common. We're actually related. Um, and business partners by choice. 
Uh, so I've been in HR, like I said, for over 15 years. And then in about 2019, I stopped working, uh, took a break uh, for a whole year, a sabbatical. And then through, almost through, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, Elrona said, would you like to help me on a couple of projects that she was working in? Um, and I, I said yes, because I was on the sabbatical and I, you know, needed the cash. And she said, you know, why don't we do this together? Uh, and that kind of started SK Consulting in about Jan, Feb 2020. So we formalized a company, uh, partnered together, and then decided that what we were going to do was going to focus on helping startups and SMEs grow their profits through simplified HR services. HR, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this over the next uh, 45 minutes or so. Uh, there's so many myths around HR and a lot of small businesses don't invest in HR. Uh, so we wanted to bring our expertise, which was from the multinational world, and simplify it and make it relevant for this segment of uh, the economy. Elrona, do you want to add to that? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. So, yes, I've been in uh, this in HR for maybe 20 years now. And my experience and background was also to do with oil and gas, working in multinationals. And what I felt uh, when I interacted with my peers in various networks is like there's a two-tier system. There's a tier for all HR professionals and employees in multinational companies and government sector. And then there's another tier where you have all the small size companies, the local companies or and the SMEs that operate where I felt like we were operating in two different HR worlds. And there was so much good that could be you know, transferred from a multinational organization into the small businesses. But somebody had to step up. So what I did is I moved away from corporate life maybe in 2013 and I kind of took a took a stab at helping change the HR landscape within this part through my own contribution. It was a big challenge but and a huge vision, but I wanted to give it a go. And so that's how I started being an independent consultant and contributing in different projects. Gradually, I quite enjoyed this life and worked with a lot of different industries and gathered experiences. And when the time was right, somehow I had a sister who also had HR experiences <laughs> and arrived at a point where she thought this is a good opportunity for us to collaborate. And uh, now we're one year and a half almost in being business partners together. And what's So it, that's my journey into present moment. What's it like working with family or with your sister? Oh, it's great. Um, I think we've... Uh, what we did in, in the first go and uh, is we sat out and, you know, had a strategy, a company of two people, and we had a proper strategy and an agreement of what our vision is going to be and what values we work under. So us being family, there were no like preconceived notions or assumptions we worked out. We put everything out there and then we started working together. So despite us having the same upbringing and the same you know, we're very close even in our personal life. So we've always been in each other's uh, lives. So it wasn't so much of a difference. But despite that, we just sat across each other and laid out the business principles and values. And that's what keeps us going well together as a family. 
So it's yeah. a family business with a professional hat on. Yeah, you know, one of the things we did, uh, as Arona said, is, you know, we spoke about why we are in this, like what is our individual purpose, even separate than the business. And, you know, so we wanted to make sure that both of us, uh, we were in it for the right reasons. Uh, you know, we would we would use our values to make all of our decisions and use our values to uh, to interact with our clients as well. And so we take these values really, really seriously. Uh, you know, even if, for instance, something uh, when a client comes to us and they need something at five o'clock in the morning, we will take that call and we will do whatever we need to do to help them in that time. Uh, and this is, you know, this is this comes from our values and really being passionate about the business and the value that we bring to them. So, what's some of the myths in HR? that you, we can dispel and let's kind of put a few out on the table. Because my initial thought, you know, before we started working together is, you know, you don't need to look at really HR until you've got maybe a team of five. Yeah, you, you, wouldn't, be, uh, you wouldn't be the only one who thinks that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. and so, I don't know why I think five, could be four, could be three, but one or two, now nah, you don't need to sort of think about it. What other, what other myths are there out there? So the one that we get hit with all of the time is HR is just recruitment. You recruit. Mm. You know, what else could you possibly have to do other than recruit? Once you recruit, you know, that's the job of HR. So what, um, what do you do? So maybe maybe share some of the things under that to educate those that actually think that. What what are some of the things that you can share? Uh, sure. So what we have is we've basically divided our services into three main buckets. The first one is HR for startups. Dubai is, you know, growing a lot of the startup community. And we know that the best employers and entrepreneurs to work with is this community because they're hungry to create the right culture and they are going to be growing. So we've created a product which is exclusively for uh, specifically almost for the startup community called HR in a Box. And I'll, uh, I'll walk you through that in a second. Our second is our uh, HR consulting offering, which can range from come in and help us develop a performance management system, or we'd like to review our compensation framework, uh, or you know, we'd like to create bespoke policies and procedures. So that comes under the HR consulting service line. Our third piece is HR outsourcing, which is basically where we act as an extension of the company and act as their HR team, except we're not under their headcount. So for companies that are smaller that don't necessarily need HR presence five times a day, five times a week, eight hours a day, but still want their employees to have that world-class employer experience, they can outsource their HR to us and we will look after everything from an operational HR perspective. So if you hear from Desma, in our three buckets, we don't mention recruitment at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the reason being is because this is that misconception that we are trying to, 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 to move away from. So what recruitment is, is the starting point of an employee's life, let's say. But they have a journey that they continue in their, biz, in, in their employment. They get hired, then they get paid every month, they go on leave. They grow, they develop, they promote, and they might leave the business. So there's a whole journey that needs to be managed. And, you know, having uh, 
in a small business, the employer, who is the owner, who is the boss, who is the line manager, wear all these hats and also have to manage the employee journey without having access to any tools, any advice. So, you know, it becomes a rather arduous task for them to manage. And then what they experience is people leaving, people unhappy, because you have to view it as a business. You have to view it from an employee's perspective for you. This is your, as a boss, this is your passion project, you know? Mm -hmm. So you feel like I've got to make this work. But for an employee, you're the one who's given them a contract and they're expecting you to pay them every month. Their their passion is is a different uh, relationship there. So you have to manage that. And that's where we come in as HR professionals is we help you understand that relationship. And if you want your employees to be as passionate about your vision or your company, then that needs to be an education process in there as well. And uh, so this is where HR comes in and this is what we do for businesses. So how many employees do you really need there? So what is the answer? It's not four, it's not five. Is it more when you start paying someone else's salary, you need to be thinking about that? Is that how it works? You definitely need to be thinking when you have somebody uh, on your payroll because that's when the labor law kicks in and the, the 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 government authority holds you accountable for that person's livelihood in some ways. Mm. But HR also starts a step before you you do that, and this is where startups come in because when you are pitching for work, one of the questions that investors ask is who's your team, who is in your team, what is the who's going to help you do you know scale this business, who's going to develop the tech, where are all these people? And you need to have some sort of an org structure or some sort of an idea about where your people are going to come from. And oftentimes, this is the slide that gets the least amount of attention. And, you know, because you think, oh, the people around the table who's who's conceived the idea will be good enough. But very soon, you realize that's the same thing that's stopping you from actually launching or, you know, hitting all your milestones. And that's where we we step in there as well and help them understand how your startup looks three months, six months, nine months, and where you need to get to in three years from a people perspective. So yeah, without employees as well, you have an element of HR. What's interesting is, you know, when you speak to a lot of startup uh, entrepreneurs and when they're doing their, you know, their pitching, they talk about the people that they have around the table are uh, finance. They have someone from marketing, they have someone from technology, and all the right people to have, right? But the only way to grow your business is you start, you need to have a team. And so when you need to have a team, that's when you need HR. So although we're not invited to the table at the beginning, there's such a massive role and impact that we have to grow your business. By default, most people think, oh, my business is, you know, I'm a, I'm a tech business, I'm a product business. But by definition, literally all businesses are people businesses because without the people, you're not going to, you know, exactly. So, and when, when you also think of your, of the user or the customer of your product or technology or service, they remember usually the experiences around the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is such an important element. So this is, so we have a role even before that. And also, you know, with employers, if you ask them, what is your greatest asset? Very few employers will say, oh, it's all the inventory that I have sitting in my warehouse or it's my IT. 
everyone will say, my people, my people are my greatest asset. And so this is why you need to look after your greatest asset. And you can't do that alone because you are the strategy. You are, you know, you're driving the business. So that's where we want to come and help you. So then when is the right time to get someone in HR? You say you don't have the budget for, you know, hiring a full-time HR person. When is the right time to get someone in? You're saying like before you've got all the other employees or get a few in and then get someone in HR in. Like when is the right time? So yeah, we're going to give you these two letter word that HR people always use. And the words are, it depends. It depends. <laughs> it starts from the time you start learning about HR in your school and university. The professors start most of the conversations with, it depends, because the, the application of HR into the business differs from the, the, the point of your journey or what your plans are. So if you are, let's say, in the beginning, starting an e-commerce business and you're putting up your own website and you're a business of one, you might not need HR to manage yourself, right? But the moment you want, you can't manage the, the entire end-to-end of the e-commerce and you hire somebody or you're thinking of hiring, that's when you perhaps should have a conversation with a professional in HR to say, look, I want to hire somebody or I want to... Uh, start looking at growing my team and when you start having that vision that's when you need to have a conversation because we can help understand what kind of people you should look for how to go out and find those people how to define your well how you're going to welcome these people so that they you know deliver their best Mm. in your organization so that's I would say when you start visioning your business and from a business of one to something bigger that would be a good point to to consider speaking to somebody in HR. Because there's so much on it in terms of, you've talked about the glowing aspect. So if you want to grow your business, you need to have the right team. And in order to have the right team, there needs to be the systems, the processes, and, and just looking after your employee. So you've got the growth side of what HR can actually bring to a business. But also there is the aspect of, I would say, not losing money, but, you know, how to save money because I think you know if you don't know how or when to pay someone or 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 know the system properly it can actually be quite costly having staff 100% you know so one of the things I say to a lot of clients or uh, potential clients or even you know in the network is think about this even if one employee brings you to the labor court for something you did or did not do. And it doesn't matter if he's right or wrong. The amount of time you would spend and the potential compensation that you would have to give him or her, is that, what is that number? And are you willing to protect yourself from that number? Just one, you know, and and often this kind of changes how they think to, to say, okay, I, I need to protect myself. And how do I do that? And how can you help me do that? Have you got any stories yeah. you want to share about that? Oh, I was just going to offer a story. Um, I met a prospective client that uh, was talking about, you know, how he wanted to, you know, put some systems in place. So my obvious question is like, what, what made you think about our HR? Like, why, why, why are you interested? So I understand where they're, uh, the baseline is. And so he said, look, I had an experience where 
Um, in fact, I'm going through an experience where I hired my first employee and it was from the friends and family circle. So a person was, you know, well uh, recommended to me and I thought, why not? Let's give this person a chance and, you know, we'll, we'll grow together, learn together, etc. So what in, in the employment world, you have something called probation period where within, you know, a six months time, if something doesn't work out, you're free to set that person, let that person go without any reasons, without any questions. So when this person wasn't working out, they decided to, he decided to let them go. And for good reason, I'm sure. But that person took him to court. So he's an employer with one employee and he's running around the courts trying to solve that out. And uh, so that was him. So we stepped in. I stepped in at that time. And what I do did is established a dialogue with the employee to say, what is the issue? Like, what what did you want? And, you know, try and resolve that matter. And eventually he withdrew his case from the labor court, but he just wanted to be heard. And he just thought like the employer was not hearing him, him out. And it's just how you convey that message. You know, it's about giving them that fairness and the respect of an employee, which sometimes emotions get the best out of you, perhaps, um, because your business is personal. You're putting your money out there. So that's what ended up having. And that case was closed. So one employee and, you know, he could not focus on his business because mentally, as well as in terms of business time, it was all dedicated to solving this one person's issue. And in the end, what, you know, if it had been dealt with in the beginning, then there's so much more just on that, um, apart from the immediate impact of the the sales on business, for example, mental health, well-being, and just the the thought of going through all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We we actually, if I uh, recently, we recently had a case where the employee, I think, had an issue with the employer, took him to court. There was a lot of backwards and forwards. And the employer was actually uh, said, let's let's get legal advice, right? Uh, and the, the amount that we were talking about was, I think, close to about $30,000, $40,000, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. And so the legal advice at that point was, just, you know, you don't want to have this case paid off. And so the employee then came to us to say, this is what they're saying, you know, should we do this? And so we said, look, let's, we suggested a couple of alternate options, one of which the employee agreed to, which was less than a quarter of that amount. And we ended up saving that employer a lot of money. Wow. So the legal advice was like, oh, you just don't want to have this case. So yeah, it's going to cost so you yeah, exactly. 40K dollars. Yeah. And then came and spoke to someone who's in HR and going, right, this is this, this yeah. is the, the ideas, give an alternative. And wow, that's crazy. It, it is. So do ever, yeah. So I said, yeah, the, the outcome of it is the profitability went up because this cost would have come out of a company's bottom line. So by saving that 75000 which technically was advised to be as payout, uh, would not have happened. And moreover, the employee, employee literally took half an hour to agree to that settlement that we offered that person. Again, it was about being heard. Like, you know, that was what the employee was looking for, is somebody to reach out and, and hear that person out and see what best could be done. And 
it worked out. And within a week, which this case was dragging on for eight months. And then once we stepped in, and that's another part to this whole story, right? Who counts for that time? We stepped in and we resolved this in two weeks uh, from the time we took over, understood the case and, and resolved it two weeks and we were done. It's, it's uh, you know, is, is the UAE more daunting with sort of court cases than other places? Is that Should you be more aware? Are they more lenient or are they on the employee side or the employers? Like, do you notice a trend in this market more so than somewhere else? Yeah. So the general perception, there are two perceptions, Kelly. One is from an employer side that the employees don't know the law and they don't exercise their rights as much. And like, they're never going to know. This is what I get a lot of the time. Or why do we need to to talk about this? Because they, they don't know, like, as long as we pay them. So that's the employer's perspective until something goes pear-shaped. And then the employee's perspective is, oh, it's, it's, you know, to go through a labor court is a very bureaucratic process, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is that the, the courts of Dubai are actually very much supporting the employee and the onus is on the employer to show, to prove that they have done everything right. So, you know, it's a fair system. It's been working. I mean, people who have approached it have always seen success with it. And you have to learn that as an employer, you have obligations that you need to demonstrate having done in, when you've been approached by the law. Mm. Having said that, sorry, if I can just add, Kelly, you know, having said that, the courts are also quite fair. Like I've been part of a number of mediations where employees have taken employers wrongfully to court. Uh, And before you actually go to the labor court, you go through a process of mediation. um, And the, the mediators understand when the employees are not making a case that uh, is true. And so in that, in those situations, they do mediate and explain to the employee that, look, this is, your employer has done this and your employer has been fair to you. Um, and of course, if the employee still doesn't agree, of course, it goes to court, but they try to be fair. They don't just take one work, one side and then yeah. sort of promote 100%. There is is that sort of, I guess maybe that's another myth in this market that it's, oh, it's really hard to take someone to court. So let's just either do the easiest thing, either pay them off one or let's not even bother. And then, and, and, and either way, the employee's affected or the employer is. Whereas, you know, there is a system in place for that. Years ago, when I had my first business, I, slightly different because it wasn't employee, but um, I I went into business with a company who could help me franchise um, my styling agency and take it international and people would buy into this. And I paid, you know, what was a lot of money at the time to work with this company so that they could do it. And they had all their expectations. And then basically they, it went cold and nothing happened. And it was just, you know, I'd spent all this money and I hadn't got what they had promised me out of it at the end. So I decided to take them to court and, you know, it was like my hard hard earned money, whereas, you know, other people might have said, you know, don't bother. There's no point in Dubai. It's too long, blah, blah. But it was a super fair service. And we went to this, I guess, probably what you were discussing is sort of like pre-mediation. Yes. yes. To pay a a small amount. I think it was like a 
a percentage of what you're trying to claim back for from a financial perspective. And they brought the the, the other company owner in and we agreed there and then. And then he had to give me the check and, you know, and then we agreed on something. So there is that sense of it is a, a, a fairer system in that way, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the other thing about, about the whole labor courts and stuff, if I can just add, that there are a lot of times employers are in a bit of a bind when it comes to the, the, the situations is because they don't take that documentation part very seriously, you know, so they don't have their all the documents in order. They might have had great conversations and they've told things, but this is all verbal. So it's hard for them to have a stronger case when there's documentations are not supporting their argument. Mm -hmm. So again, that's another place where HR comes and plays a role to help them to prepare themselves and protect their business from such situations. Mm-hmm. So the labor court kind of, you know, goes into the details of it. And that's where we, you know, also help companies manage that. Why do you think people don't think about HR as such an important role? Do you think it's a cost thing? Do you think it's a lack of understanding? I think that's a great question, right? And it, it, it's a question that we often ask them when we get clients to say, how come you didn't think of us at the beginning? You know, why did you, the only call we get is I have, I need help. You know, I, this has happened. I'm in trouble. What do I do? Um, and I think, look, I think it is, you know, not for, um, probably not for not consciously wanting HR, but not understanding what value that we bring to the table Mm. they probably you know similar to the myth they think yeah I'll you know I'll need help with recruitment and then I can manage everything else yeah Um, and maybe you can manage but you have to think of your business do you want to build a business that's sustainable if the answer is yes then just like you've invested in uh, everything else this is something that you need to invest in as well Um, Mm. so yeah I think it's kind of that they, they just they don't know they think like you're just recruitment. Yeah. You're just my favorite. Yeah, my favorite metric is when you look at your budgets or you look at your costs. If you do the numbers, you'll notice that 60% of your cost almost is related to people, you know, and managing that 60% of your cost with not the right resources is that is that being fair to your business? Yeah, but it's not very yeah. smart. It does, you know, anyone would look at that, like take the data alone, look at that and go, exactly. that doesn't make sense. That's a really, really interesting fact. Yeah. But one of the things that you're trying to do is simplify this whole process, which I guess is why coming on podcasts, it's sharing experiences and stories. Well, you know, hopefully let other people know, you know, start earlier rather like rather than being the person that's coming to you and going help it's too late kind of do it the other way around so that it doesn't get to that but you've been working on something to simplify it and that's your HR in a box process for for the the UAE region or is it just Dubai it's for the UAE we're so excited about this right so HR HR in a box is basically a toolkit and the toolkit includes Everything you need to set up your HR back office from, you know, your offer letter to a contract to uh, the policies and procedures, employee handbook, 
every single letter. So for instance, you, that you need to issue a payroll slip. So there's a template for that. You need to, uh, if somebody wants to get a driver's license, you need to issue them a letter. There's a template for that. Someone wants to open a bank account, you need a letter. There's a template for that. So we have packaged everything that you would need. Um, and what we do is we'll do a couple of consultation sessions to understand your business and personalize this box for your business. Then we will personalize it. And then we will also train you on how you can use it in your business. So then you're self-sufficient, essentially. I love so that. I was just smiling there at the when you were talking about, you know, you, you need this template and this template. And I don't know if it's just in the UAE, but they love a letter. You know, they love a, can, yeah. can, can you get this stamped by your mom? And can you get this stamped by your husband? And can you get this stamped here and write it here? They do love it, but it's just part of the process here. Yeah. yeah. Years ago, my so when I, a few years ago, I used to be on my father's sponsorship. This was a long time ago. Uh, and my father would always joke with me because every time I needed to travel for vacation, I needed to get a no objection letter from him to say that he was happy for me to travel. And so he would blackmail me to say, like, look, if you don't do the dishes, maybe I won't give you a letter. And then you can't travel. <laughs> it's just so backwards. And is it still the same? Is that still? It absolutely is the same. It absolutely is the same. Wow. You need you need your sponsor's letter to say, you know, when you're applying for a visa, right? For most of the nationalities out here who don't get visa on arrival, the sponsor has to say, we have no objection for this person to travel. So in Desmond's case, it used to be her dad who had to say that. So there was a lot of pull in that little letter to get things done at home. I I, I would say to him that, you know, I'll never be able to elope because the moment I cross the border, you'll get an SMS because my Emirates ID would tell you that I left the country. <laughs> Love it. So, so sorry you were saying. So you've got the, the HR in the box. There's all the templates. And then you're, it's about helping uh, make the organization, the startup, self-sufficient themselves, that they've got everything there. Exactly. So like I said, what we would do is we train them and walk them through the process and where you need to use what documents, uh, you know, how do you manage, how do you, you know, keep your, keep employee files, for instance. And we also, it, it, it elicits actually a lot of conversation about things that they haven't thought about. You know, your, they, they just think an employee will come in and then magically they'll know when to start and when to stop and when to, how they can go on leave and how they can report it. Uh, and so this kind of helps them put structure around it with, without them having to do it. So we've done all the work. We'll work with you to create this for your business and then teach you how to run it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, this this gives them like the opportunity to kind of be more efficient in the way they operate and manage their people. The budgets are not there. That's fine. But you should still have all the right tools to help you and your business and your people kind of get a little more peace of mind to say, I know how to do my leave. So I don't go asking two, three people. I don't ask my colleague, oh, how did you apply on leave? And what was, did you send an email or, you know, so these things are all clear to everyone. That way you focus on your task or your job description or what you're assigned to do and, you know, get on with it rather than having to worry about the employment. 
we actually had a client that we worked with last year. Very, actually, this is not a startup. This was a business, very, very successful business. Um, and it, it was in the healthcare space. And their biggest, cha- one of their biggest challenge was that they were booked out for a week. So patients were struggling to come in. Uh, and so they thought, amazing, they were getting approached by investors and they thought, right, we have to open our second branch, which they did. And then they re- and then it didn't work as well as they thought. And here's why. So in their home branch, like the first one, the owners worked in the practice. So every time an employee needed something, they would go to the owner and say, can I do this? Yeah, you can. Can I do this? Yeah, you can. Can I buy this? Yes, you can. When they opened their first branch, there was no owner in the practice. So they were calling these guys over here to say, what do we do about this? How do we go about this? And it was pure chaos. So that's when they called us. So we went in and we spent a few months with them and created, you know, a, an HR framework, right, from their policies, procedures, uh, created an employee handbook, all of their job descriptions. We did a competency framework. And then we also did management workshops to educate all of them. Uh, and that was such a great initiative. But what did that result in? That resulted in investors uh, investing in them. And now they're in the process of opening their uh, another branch in Dubai and a branch in Abu Dhabi because now they feel like the investors can see that the systems and processes are in place and they're ready to, to, to scale. Uh, and so this is the power of putting these structures and frameworks in place. And I guess in, in that business, there's another great story. I think there were two people that were resigning because they couldn't oh, see yeah, that story. They couldn't uh, see where their place was in this business. It felt like a, a family business and not a, a, you know, a place they could grow. And as soon as this, you know, we had a whole communications plan behind the scenes as well. So we made designs for their screens and we, you know, made a big uh, sound about like things are changing and for the better. And those people withdrew their resignations. They stayed back. They were going to join competition and they pulled back and the, the management is is very open that way. They meant the, the best for their employees. That's why they were available to them 24-7, but it was just not sustainable. So when they withdrew their resignations, that was for them like they, you know, they they did the right thing was how they felt at that point. Yeah. That they had they got their people back. So it was so excited. They you know, couldn't believe that just by launching a workshop, not even implementing it, not even, they haven't even seen what we've done. Just by knowing that, they withdrew their resignations. And that in itself, from a sustainability perspective, from competition perspective, from there's so many elements of what ended up um, saving the business. What would be your tips then? Let's kind of round up on what would be your tips that you've learned over the years that keep employees happy? Awesome question. So how I think about it or how how I talk about it is this. When you go into, um, let's use an analogy, right? Let's say you're going on a staycation and you walk into a hotel and you've made your booking and you get there and you meet someone and they're like, oh, Kelly, yes, you're here. Oh, that's right. You were supposed to come today. Uh, hang on, let me see if your room is ready. And then someone runs up and they're like, uh, okay, we need a bit of time. And then, so they're like, come with me. They take you to your room and you can see that it's not ready for you. And they're tidying up and, you know, trying to get it organized. You're in the room and 
you know, you can straight away say that that staycation experience is not going to be a great one. When your employee arrives to you as an employer, what experience are you giving them? Are you saying, oh, Kelly, yeah, that's right. You're supposed, this is your first day at work. And oh, yeah, you can sit here and uh, this person will show you where, you know, where you can get coffee and that person will show you where you can, uh, this is how you, you know, we process your visa. And so an employer, an employee senses that, right? Uh, And that's the beginning of a very disorganized approach to welcoming someone on board. And so that theme continues throughout your employment. As an employee, you, your employee, that experience that you have for one to eight hours or even more and a lot of times per day defines how happy you are in the workplace. Mm. Never forget your first day at work. You know, oftentimes you, you might not, you may, may miss a few of the episodes, but your first day at work and how you're received itself gives the impression of how your your employment is going to be like. So, you know, being to be prepared, just like you were host, right? You do a lot of preparation. You, you make sure that everything is available and then you invite your guests in and your guests are happy. But if you're running around organizing when the guests are in the middle, it's not the best experience that they endure. So happiness is, you know, a part of that. So from the time they enter your office on day one, you need to be able to make them feel welcomed. And you've thought um, and about them before, you know, you've paid attention to them coming. And that's when they want to add value because they're like, I love being here. What can I do? Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love And the stories just kind of make, I think, the whole HR experience relatable because you can talk about, oh, this happens and this happens. But when you're like, actually, this did happen and yeah. this person saved this money or this company did this, it it just makes it so much more real and, and relatable. So thank you for sharing all of those. Oh, how, can, how can how can people listening, you know, find out about your HR in a box or have a call with you or just, you know, if there, there's just two of them in the office, but they want to get some system together, what's the best way to reach out to you? So uh, the best way to reach out to us is where our website and through our website, you can book a, a discovery call with us uh, and we can walk through your current situation, whether you need help now. Uh, we're both also very active on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Desma D'Souza, D-E-S-M-A, D-S-O-U-Z-A. Elrona is Elrona D'Souza, E-L-R-O-N-A-D-S-O-U-Z-A. Or you can even reach out on uh, SNK on Instagram, uh, which is SNK Consulting UAE, where we respond literally on all three uh, on all three social media channels. And uh, yeah, do you not have a little quiz that people can fill in? Yes. So we have. I'm glad you brought that up. So we actually have in our resource download. It's called an HR readiness tool. Uh, it's it, it's a super cool tool. So basically, if again, I love analogies. Uh, so if you think of, you know, when you when you do a Cosmo, uh, one of those Cosmo quizzes, and you say, you know, answer these questions, and it'll tell you if your soulmate is around the corner or if your soulmate <laughs> with you is the right one for you. Uh, fill these questions, and at the end, it says mostly A's. Yep, yeah, definitely not your soulmate. Mostly B's. 
run as far as you can and as quick as you can and mostly see, yeah, you're lucky, you're okay. So what this is, is an, an HR readiness tool. And it basically takes you through a series of questions and you just answer A, B, or C. And at the end, there's a scoring guide that says, if you're mostly A's, you're great. You know, you're in a great place, fantastic. If you're mostly, you know, B's according to the score, then this is where you need help. Uh, and so even before you call us, this is something that you can do on your own. Yeah. It's on our website. It's under the resource library. They're completely free to download among many other tools. So yeah, I would absolutely recommend all anyone, any employer who's wondering, mm, do I still need it? You know, am I still okay? That's a good place to start. And you should, uh, I would also recommend that anybody listening to follow us on social media, like on LinkedIn, on Insta, we we post content almost daily and we share a lot of information about how to manage your people and what you can do. And, you know, for we enjoy sharing all the information as much as we can. If we could, we would share more than two or three times a day, but time does not permit. But we try and share as much content as we can on these social medias just to help small businesses manage their people. So uh, that was my recommendation as well. Also, if I can just add, if there's businesses out there that have a specific question, please ask us because we'd love to create content around it. Because if you have a question, then many others would have it too. So DM us, uh, you know, reach out on LinkedIn, on our personal Insta, tell us what you're struggling with. And uh, we can help you, of course, but we can also create some relatable content and then put it out for the larger community. Amazing. Thank you so much for being so insightful and, you know, sharing what I think is a topic that a lot of people don't like talking about and, and making it much more personable. So thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. Thank you so much thank for, you for having us. This was awesome. <laughs> um, and thank you again. Take care, girl. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode today. Were you inspired? What was one takeaway that you're going to know what that really resonated with me? I really want to hear from you. Head over to Instagram. I love to hang out there. Kelly Lundberg official. Drop me a DM. Tell me the best part or even better screen share it and um, share it with a friend and inspire them too. We are growing weekly and it's all down to you. Thank you so much. Reviewer of the week left this message. Great interview with three inspiring entrepreneurs. Well worth the listen. Lots learned and the story of Tishtash was full of interest. From agunny 60 thank you so much. So please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really does make a massive difference. Until next time, be inspired and keep following your dreams.